Well, hello, and welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name's DJ Seals. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the metro Atlanta area. Now, I currently work for Motorola as a law enforcement consultant, but this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. You know, I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I'm sure you wouldn't either. So, let's take a look at today's topic. Today's topic uh, comes from a conversation I had with a friend of mine, uh, still a local police officer, and um, we're, we're still in quarantine, right? But uh, I, I met him in a parking lot and we just spoke in, in vehicles, rolled down the windows, you know, just chatted for a while. And, you know, he brought up a, a, an interesting point, kind of stuck in my head. You know, I, I deal in technology all day, every day. And that's what, what I do. And, you know, we were talking about different technologies and things that were coming and, and, and just, you know, he and I have been around before any of this. And he said to me, he goes, you know, I kind of wonder if some of this technology, although by the way, he's a technology guy too, but he said, I kind of wonder if some of this technology isn't almost hindering the, the newer officers from good, solid police tactics and training. And I said, well, what, do you, what do you mean? Give me, give me an example. And he said, well, you know, for instance, you go out now and, um, you know, in, in, in a use of force situation, um, you know, too many just rely on the tools on their belt. Um, and the, the art of speaking to people many times has started to falter. And I said, um, yo, you mean they're, they're, they're using too much force? He goes, no, I don't mean that. I just mean that in their minds, it's more like, well, if this gets, if this gets out of hand, I'm, I've got these, you know, it's, it's almost like a safety blanket and, and granted he, he's not belittling the tools that are on the belt. They're, they're necessary, unfortunately. But I thought he brought up a really, really good point. You know, we talked in many weeks, um, about, you know, trust in the public with police and, and, and trust in the court and, and, and just overall trust. And many of you remember like me, so many times we were out with a, a caller, maybe even a suspect, and it could have gone bad, right? But we were able to speak to that person. We were able to, uh, you know, talk them down, if you will, calm them down. I mean, you know, in SWAT operations, I mean, the first thing we do, and unless it's a drug warrant, got a barricaded gunman, we just don't go running in there typically. Um, you know, if it's a barricaded gunman and there's no shots being fired, we, we call the, we call the, um, the hostage negotiator. See if you can talk this person down. See if you can talk them out. And many times that works. And I just thought to myself, well, okay, let me, let me think about what was on my belt. So, you know, I had, um, 
I remember we, we had pepper spray to begin with, and of course an asp baton, and of course my pistol. And, you know, I, I frankly, personally, I, I never used my pepper spray. Not once. Not once. I pulled it out once to um, just like a bluff. <laughs> and it worked. worked quite well. But, you know, and, and people ask me, why did you ever use it? I'm like, well, I've been sprayed with it. And what people forget is you, you spray that and everybody around is affected. And I wasn't scared of, you know, using it and being affected. What I was afraid of is if I'm affected, how can I be a, how can I do my job after that? And frankly, I'd much rather not decon the suspect or myself. I'd much rather use tactics that I can, you know, either, either, um, you know, a, a, a passive or forceful restraint, nothing hard, but just, you know, uh, be able to strain the person or talk them down. I used to, go, I mean, we used to go to this class called, um, let's see, what was it called? Um, uh, uh, tactical speak, right? Uh, and, and it was a tactical application of speaking. How do you speak people down? And, and, and now it's called something else. But I, I don't know if that's really a big piece anymore in a lot of, in a lot of uh, academies. I, I hope it is. It's funny, uh, a few episodes ago when I did talk about uh, academies and training in academies, I, I did not see that, and this caused me to go back to my research on that. I didn't see that on the list of typical academy um, uh, classes. Hopefully it's there. But then I went a little further. I said, well, let's, let's go beyond use of force. Let's go to just good officer instinct. And I know, I know, I know the media does not like that term because, oh, well, that's just, you got to, you know, anybody who's ever been a cop, a dispatcher, well, frankly, even a firefighter, right? You've just got that, hmm, something's not right. I think I can talk this person down because that, you know, their, their body language is telling me that they might be amicable. You know, it, it's funny, I, I may have told this story, and if I did, I apologize, but when I was in Poland working with one of our groups of, uh, of tech guys, uh, I said, you know, um, because we were talking about cameras and things like that, and I said, that's all good, but the camera doesn't pick up their feet. They said, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about, their feet? I said, look, any good FTO officer teaches their officer to watch the person you're speaking to his feet. Well, what do you, what do you mean? I said, look, if, if, if their shoulders are squared off on you, that's one thing. But if, as you're approaching their feet, their toes turn a different way, they're about to run period. Right. And well, how, how do you, how do you stop that? I said, well, yeah, as you're approaching them, just amicably, you, you just move in that direction of their toes. So if they're, if their body blades towards you, okie dokie. If their toes go the other way, you still got a runner. And it's just things like that, that, that he was afraid were being lost. And I said, well, why, why do you think that is? And he said, I just wonder if we're too reliant on technology. And again, he said, I love the technology, but I came from an era before that. So I, I'm ingrained also 
with these skills that I've learned over time. And he said, I just don't know if that's being, you know, passed along. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And I said, you know, um, in my research in the previous ones, we find where, uh, you know, some courts are saying, hey, if there's no body cam footage, then perhaps the officer's statement is not admissible in court. They're, what? Okay, that's way too reliant on technology. Way too reliant on technology. Again, very helpful, but is it truly necessary if something goes wrong with it, is it truly necessary for the job to be done? Does it help the job? Of course it does. Of course it does. Does a lot of protection. But at the end of the day, technology, not just cameras, but any technology, policing has been done for thousands of years, truthfully, maybe not the way we have it today, but for thousands of years without technology. Technology is not policing. Technology is a tool that, that helps us police better. But I thought he made a really good point that if we're training by technology, are we missing the, the tactics of policing? So I went a little further with this because I started thinking about things that, you know, I'm working on or, or things that, uh, you know, I, 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 I hear people talk to me about. And thank you all very much for, for commenting and, and giving me ideas and, and, and sometimes, sometimes contrary ideas, something, something to think about. I love that. It's good. And I thought to myself, you know, as we're going forward, I, I read articles of, of uh, uh, you know, oh, this is going to write the report for the officer. And I, I just like head, you know, face palm, you know, no, it, it, the officer writes the report. It, it's, it's their statement. It's their, if you will, affidavit of, of what has occurred. Technology can't write that for them. It can write the facts perhaps, right? Um, I don't know, cameras, drones, and this is this is future stuff that I read articles about all the time, you know, police magazines and chief magazines and things like that. Um, when I'm traveling, which hasn't been much lately, I have a lot of time to, to catch up and read those things. And, and I go, I see where you're going, technologist. You're trying to help. But in helping, we need to help and keep the good tenants of policing alive. So let's, let's talk about reports. The camera sees a lot of things. You know, drone technology is coming uh, uh, bigger than, than it is now. And, it, you know, that's, that's all great, and it does a great job of recording. But again, it doesn't see their toes. <laughs> it doesn't see the peripheral where you saw something in your vision and, and maybe you turned your head, Right depending on where your camera is, what camera you have, maybe it picked that up. Most of the time it will not. It may not have picked up the sound that you heard. It certainly doesn't pick up the, the minute expressions, if you will, of a person's body language, right? Being able to read that person. I mean, when I was a detective, I, I, was, I, I became, I think, pretty darn good at uh, getting people to uh, tell the truth, confess. Um, and a lot of that was just simply reading them, right? I mean, 
uh, you know, interviews and interrogations. If you've ever taken that class and gone you know, multi levels like I have in that, you learn these micro expressions. You learn these micro body expressions. None of that will be picked up logically. Can you see it? Sure, but but will the technology be able to go? Oh, they had a micro expression of no, 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 no. The officer's report must be their report. Period. It's got to have that experience piece, right? I mean, how many times, uh, those of you who are listening to me that, uh, that have been to court, how many times uh, have, have, you, have you sat there and, and the first, depending on, your, depending on the case and depending on your experience, the first two to five minutes are basically laying out your training and expertise to be able to testify, right? Even things like, uh, are you an officer of this county, duly authorized to da-da-da-da? Yes, indeed. You know. and, and then they go into, uh, like, fewer narcotics. Uh, you know, did, how did you identify this as, uh, as, as, as cocaine? How did you identify this as marijuana? Well, I'm a certified marijuana ID tech, and I use the, um, you know, and, and on and on and on you go. That's because we need to set that experience as that officer. And a lot of times you'll get officer in, in, in your experience or officer in your opinion or with your training, how were you able to? A lot of questions like that, even from defense. That won't be picked up there. You know, I, I was reading the article and I thought, well, okay, maybe that's, maybe, maybe it writes its own report. Kind of a, uh, a Joe Friday, sorry, I threw back there to Dragnet. A Joe Friday, which means just the facts, right? Just what we saw. And the officer writes a, his own report or her own report on that. But I don't like that either because, you know, I, I, I never want some technology report being compared to the officer's report, and they're not going to match. Maybe in, in, in core facts they'll match, but the officer's going to have picked up other things that it has not. Well, this didn't pick up that. What, what are you saying? I think it's a slippery slope. Then I thought to myself, well, because I read another article, um, and, and I'm kind of I'm sideways on this one, to be honest with you, but I read another article. Uh, you know, we all know uh, Siri, trademark, and Alexa, trademark. Um, don't know if I have to say trademark, but, you know, I'll say it. Uh, we all know those, right? As a matter of fact, as soon as I said that, my phone in front of me that's on mute actually is now listening to me. <laughs> she, she's trying to. Talk to me. But, but nonetheless, we all know those. They become somewhat helpful. Um, I don't know if you're like me. I don't do a lot of talking to Siri. Uh, I, I just call people. Um, but, you know, Alexa, you know, play this or play that or set an alarm. Or, and, yes, we go into all the, but they're watching constantly and listening constantly. Of course they are. They have been for years. But with that technology, I read another article that said, you know what? What, what if we created... Uh, you know, uh, you know our, this article is like the future of policing. So it was like, uh, eventually the policing is going to have its own uh, uh, virtual assistant. Hmm. Is that right? And it's going to be able to do all these things. And it, the officer won't have to this. And the officer won't have to that. And the officer won't have to. But But wait a minute. I see good and I see scary or... I don't know, because frankly, how many times, I mean, if, if this occurs, it better be way better than Siri or Alexa, like 
the best virtual assistant we've ever seen on the planet, right? Sort of like Hal from Space Odyssey, right? Knows everything, hears everything, understands everything, understands inflection. Because I thought to myself, well, okay, be kind of cool, I guess, if you grabbed a driver's license and then went back to the safe, you know, access point of the car or your car or whatever, and, and, and you know, you didn't want to sit in the car, I, I never like to go back, sit in the car, and look at my computer while I'm running something because my eyes are off of the vehicle, especially if it's a, you know, a suspect kind of vehicle, not just I pulled you over for your, you know, your taillight. But, but maybe so that your hands are free, you could say, hey, whatever. Let, let, let's call it uh, Murphy. <laughs> let's call it Murphy because, you know, Murphy's law and policing. So, hey, Murphy, uh, run driver's license number, da-da-da-da-da, date of birth, da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and, okay. All right. And it, and it brings that back to you. All right. Good. But, but what about being able to run intelligently? What, what, what does, did it understand you? I mean, I, I have a lot of listeners and I speak a lot of places and they're like, oh, I just, your, your Southern accent. And I go, I don't, I don't even realize I have a Southern accent. I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived most of my life in the South and, and I'm sure I've picked some up. But believe me, I've got friends in policing, right, that many of you, especially in other countries, because we're in like a dozen other countries now, many of you would not understand that they're speaking English, <laughs> And in Louisiana and Texas and Georgia and, and, and Alabama and a lot of friends. And so will it be able to understand that? I don't know. What about like in Georgia, we call it a, a 27, 27, 28, right? But other jurisdictions and agencies don't call a license or vehicle check that, right? So better program that in. It just maybe. Maybe. We'll see on that one. But let me ask you this. What if we go just a step further with that? What if we go a step further where, where this virtual assistant is somehow tied to the camera and as soon as you come up to the vehicle, it's automatically running, I know, bad term, but well, let's think future here. Automatically running a facial recognition. As you passed up, it looked at the tag. It already ran the tag. It's bringing things back to you. It's, uh, okay, sounds pretty cool. But does that take something away from the core of what we do? In other words, certain technologies are not always perfect. So if it's running that and it comes back and, and hopefully it goes ready or something and then shuts up, hopefully it doesn't just talk to you. But, but what if you're coming up and, and, and you don't know, it's a taillight out, right? And, and you're speaking to the person and you're getting that information, you're getting that feeling. Would a run that maybe is right, maybe is wrong, change the way that you approach that vehicle? There's good and bad there. If I'm approaching the vehicle and, and I find out that the, the, the vehicle is stolen or, or the person is wanted, oh, that, that's a safety issue. And that's where I go, mm, might be kind of cool. But at the same time, 
you know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of ID fraud out there. We got a lot of licenses that, you know, somebody else used the number and we're running it through a main system. And you know, as well as I do, if, if you arrest a suspect and they gave an alias, that alias is in the system tied to that suspect. It's just a lot of stuff that I go, Hmm, maybe, but wow, there's a lot of pitfalls there. A lot of pitfalls there, you know, in, in, one of the things that uh, he was also talking about was things like, um, you know, uh, firearms or, or, or again, the things on your belt, you know, the core of what if something goes wrong, are you properly trained to handle that? Or do you just go, Oh, I've got this. I'll use this. I've got this electrical weapon. I'll just use that. I just, you know, maybe it's not even tied to technology. Maybe a lot of it is tied to, in general, and hopefully your agency is not like this. Maybe some are. But in general, perhaps, according to my friend here, maybe a lot of agencies are relying more on the technology than they are the training. And I guess this stuck to me because, again, a couple of podcasts ago when we were speaking about training, in in, uh, in in the academies and finding that a lot of training is is not focused on uh, the the old core, if you will. It's also not focused a lot on computer style technology, right? Uh, although we have computer and IT rooms, it just seems like, according to him, he wished that there were more was more uh, core old school training. Not old school in a bad way, but old school, how do you speak to somebody? You know, how do you talk to somebody? How, how do you, how do you uh, get the truth when they don't want to give you the truth? You know, not by forceful tactics, but by communicating and reading and understanding. And I think a lot of this also ties into a, a community policing. Well, a lot of agencies are trying to go back to community policing, and I, I, I applaud them for that. But they're finding that the officers themselves are not really talkative. You know, it, it's like uh, it, it, the, the, the connection with the community sometimes, depending on the officer, can be difficult, right? Um, and, and I found, I talked to another agency that said most of their community officers are actually the ones that have been there quite a while. And they said that's twofold. Uh, one fold is the fact that the community probably knows them, right? They've been around, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. The community knows them. Said the other thing is that they're just able to connect with people in their opinion, better than some of the newer recruits. So is that is that a, a generational thing? Or is that maybe perhaps we're falling short on teaching the good tactics of communication and relying more on the computers and the cameras and, and the technology on our belt? Hmm. I don't know. It, it, it stuck in my head. I really wanted to do this podcast on this. And, you know, I'm not even 100% set on that. I, I'm just interested. I'm always interested in where policing is going. And he, he, he makes a good point, I think. When I teach at a lot of conferences and classes, I have people come up to me and, and they go, well, you know, you did this before technology? 
because I, I do a lot of, of talking on uh, like like how this was done, the history of, say, analytics or the history of predictive math and things like that. And I go, yeah, of course. Well, how'd you do that? Well, math, <laughs> a calculator, a, a spreadsheet it wasn't fun, but I had the knowledge and education on how to do it. So in an analyst world, what if, what if your technology went down? What if your agency, because obviously in the situation we're in right now with COVID, it, it's not over. A lot of, a lot of states are, are, are starting to, to um, you know, lessen the restrictions, but let's face it, it's not over. And now we're going to have budgetary problems. You know, cities and uh, school systems and states are, are seeing a budget shortfall. They've got a lot of people out of work. They have a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, on unemployment. And, and they have to be to live. But obviously, that's a strain on everybody. So what if, analysts, I'm talking about analysts here for a moment. What if your technology was gone? What if that fancy tool, whatever it is that you use to put out your analysis is gone tomorrow? Could you still do it? Not your computer, not, not the whole computer. So let's say you've got, you know, Microsoft or if you're using Apple, uh, you know, and, and you've got, you know, basic mapping and things like that. What if the fancy technology that put it together was gone tomorrow? Do you have the skills to continue your work? Yes, it's manual. Yes, it's old school. But do you have the skills for that? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I would hope I do still. I think I could dig it up in my head somewhere, right? For the old school style. You used to do it by hand without anything. But do you have it? Let's go back. What if you're an officer on the road and you haven't checked your pepper spray for a while? It hasn't been inspected. And, and you didn't realize that the top broke off, the cap broke off. I say that from experience because I had an officer that did that and it doesn't work. You go, well, I'll just go to my, you know, electrical impulse weapon. Okay. It's winter and the probes don't connect because he's got a fluffy coat on. <laughs> what, what you going to do? Get out your ASP baton, which most officers don't know how to use properly. Kind of lost that. I hear a lot of them don't even carry one of those anymore. Do you, can you, can, can you, Protect yourself without any of those tools. I used to think that a lot when I was on the road. This is a fine tool, but what if it goes wrong? Think about firearms training. We're on, we're on, the, we're on the range, right? How many times have they trained you for a tap roll rack? I know some of you who never carried a pistol go, what's a tap roll rack? It's basically a way to clear a weapon that has malfunctioned. Right, it didn't chamber around right. It, it, it got it got a shell casing caught in the slide. Uh, you, you, you hit your magazine and it fell out. Right, there, there are training tactics on the range for the what ifs. So, basically, I thought to myself, maybe the maybe the solution, and, and again, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe the solution is not to negate technology. 
And technology, I think, is extremely helpful to us. Um, it, it makes our work easier. It makes our work quicker, more efficient, right? But what if the answer is training on the what ifs? Training on what if it breaks? What if it doesn't work? What if the probes don't connect? What if te- the technology we use today is gone? What if it malfunctions? What if it, who knows? Can we still, do we have the good, solid, analytic, and policing, and, and tactical skills to continue our job at the level we do today if something goes wrong? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I didn't even script this one today, as you could probably tell. Um, but... I just, I just, I'm so interested in that. I'm going to do some more reading. I'm going to do some more research. I challenge you to do the same. But the big challenge today, the big takeaway is if you're in charge of an analyst group, and and I know my Florida analysts are listening, uh, and, and I know the, the entire Florida Analyst Association listens, right? If you're in charge of your analyst group, why not have an interesting, make it fun. Why not have an interesting, I don't know, uh, icebreaker competition. Hey, somebody create this report for me and you cannot use our tool, whatever that is. You got to go old school. Do it. I don't know. Something, you know, give them lunch, whoever gets it right, you know, but we have to challenge ourselves. That's the challenge. If you're on the road, it can be life or death. Think very, very hard about what if the tools on your belt malfunction, aren't there, break? What if can you still protect yourself and the citizens with good old school verbal or unfortunately sometimes physical tactics? Huh. Maybe a nice blend of the old school and the new school is what we need as technology progresses. So now let's take a look at some stupid criminals. Ooh, 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 ooh. I cannot wait. Uh, I've got one at the end. Do not tune out. This one is awesome toward the end here, but the rest are good too. So here we go. You'll love this one. Overnight, thieves, so in the night, thieves drove a stolen van straight through the front doors of a marijuana shop in Colorado Springs. Not surprising. They grabbed as much pot as they could carry. They abandoned the van because, of course, it was, like I say, it was stolen. This is typical. And they fled in a getaway vehicle. Uh, So, okay, so what? How is this funny? (laughs) You love this. Here's the hitch. Uh, the, um, the, The store owner is a very smart individual. I'm guessing probably from experience. See, all of the quote unquote marijuana in the nice big jars in this dispensary. If not marijuana. Nope. All of the display jars (laughs) uh, is oregano. All of it. So basically, they drove a stolen van through the front of a store and grabbed multiple jars of oregano. All I could think is, you know they went back. They rolled that. And they're smoking it going, this is the worst stuff I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that's pretty good on a pizza. Let's go to Louisiana. 
Police say a woman came home to discover, you'll love this one, a naked stranger in her tub, mm, just wait, eating Cheetos, taking a bath. You know, I could stop right there. I mean, because you all have a visual now. You come home, somebody's in your tub, eating Cheetos. Mm-hmm. So, the Cheeto-eating bather uh, was arrested and charged with burglary and property damage. Um, and, and I love this one, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, I'm going to quote them. Uh, the headline was, Caught Orange-Handed with Nowhere to Run. The interesting thing is, this burglar did not run. Mm-mm. The officers showed up and found, quote, a full tub of water and a plate of food, along with half-eaten Cheetos belonging to the victim on the toilet next to the tub. That's from the report. The, uh, the suspect said that uh, some male that she couldn't name had told her to break into the house and eat some Cheetos. So she did. New York. The owner of a western New York newspaper says a man bought hundreds of copies in an unsuccessful effort to keep people from reading about his drunken driving arrest. Mm -hmm. State police arrested Joseph Talbot on December 29th in Wayne County, New York, and charged him with driving while intoxicated. Police also charged him with refusing to be fingerprinted and photographed. We've all been through that, right? Boy, that's, that's fun. They say he told troopers he didn't want his mugshot in the newspaper, which notes uh, that they referred to, he referred to their fine publication as that rag. Uh, he further called the arresting trooper um, a, 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 an interesting name <clears throat> and said he was ruining his life. Now, here's the, here's the thing, thing. So he, he, he bonds out, right? The Times uh, actually uh, obtained his mugshot and, and printed it, as they do many in the blotter, uh, on New Year's Eve. That's nice. Uh, the story might have ended there, but see, the paper says, quote, Talbot was embarrassed and hoping to keep people from seeing the story, so he decided to follow the newspaper delivery trucks and immediately buy out all of the papers from the newsstands in Newark, New Jersey. All of them. However, the publisher, wanting his papers to get out to people, uh, actually followed him with hundreds of new copies and replenished the outlets Talbot had bought out. In all, Talbot had bought nearly a thousand copies at $1.25 a piece. He didn't, however, realize that the newspaper was also online, and this story has gone viral, and now I've reported it too. Don't drive drunk, Talbot. Here's the last one. This is one I was waiting. Oh, you'll love this. Let's go over to Belgium. A half a dozen. This, I'm telling you, this sounds like a Monty Python skit or, or Saturday Night Live. A half a dozen wannabe armed robbers, armed robbers, half a dozen, showed up about mid-afternoon to an e-cigarette store. The store owner, really nervous, didn't know what to say, came up with this, quote, I told them that clearly 3 p.m. is not the best time to hold up a store. I told them if they come back later, I'd possibly have many more euros to give them. To his surprise, they agreed. Mm -hmm. Said it was a good idea, and they left. Store owner called the cops. The cops did not buy the story. <laughs> and said, uh, there's no way the suspects are going to return. That's crazy. Uh, stop calling us, basically. Oh, they returned. They showed back up at 5.30. Store owner shook his head. said, hey, this is the wrong time. You need to buy a watch. Come back later at like 6.30 when the store is closing. He called the cops again. They showed up, 
decided to go plain clothes. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, these ding-dongs showed up again at 6.30. Plain clothes officers were there to grab them. <laughs> the store owner said it was like a comedy. And they're being called the worst robbers in Belgium. I think they might get the crown for the world on that one. Uh, five of them were arrested. Uh, one of them managed to get away. Um, the, the, the end of the police report, I love this, said uh, the suspects were apparently not the brightest. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, as we go along this journey together, I may say some things you don't agree with, or maybe you do agree with, and even have a topic you'd like me to cover. Or maybe you have a funny police story you'd like to share with me. I encourage you to email me at offthebeat at MotorolaSolutions.com to give me your thoughts and ideas. Check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore offthebeat. And I want to thank everybody, uh, my uh, my producer who puts these together. I just record them in my office and send him the file, and he puts all the, the fancy trimmings on them. Had told me the other day that we have now surpassed uh, like 1,100 listeners, and this is my... Uh, 14th podcast that I'm recording right now. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate it. For all of you who have reached out to me with ideas, uh, uh, some contrary, great, and, and some ideas for topics. That That's fantastic. My buddy here you know, gave me an idea for a topic here. If you've got one, hit me up. I'll do some research on it. I'll think on it, and, and we'll have a conversation. This is a podcast about a conversation between cops and dispatchers and fire and i'm glad you all are here it makes me feel good we don't do any marketing on this so thank you very much keep telling your friends also another quick uh, note i've had a lot of people hit me up wanting to know if you know if i can uh, come to their agency and, and review this or review that or help an analyst division or yeah yeah certainly uh, please keep hitting me up on that as a note uh, we are going to start traveling again here very very soon uh, one of my team members was traveling this week even. We have all our uh, uh, personal protective equipment ready to go. If you know, And, and, and so uh, we'll start making those plans. If you want that, hit me up and, and we'll certainly talk about it or at least have a phone call to see what I can do to, to help you guys out with any problems you may be having. All right? Until next time, stay diligent, stay educated, and stay safe. <laughs>